Hello, welcome to another episode of Gath and Go podcast. I'm your host, Matt Marr. Uh, this past week has been an interesting week in the NASCAR world. Um, so to start off, Talladega. Um, they were, were supposed to have practice and qualifying, but they took it away. I don't remember the exact reason for it, but anyways, I for having no practice or qualifying, that was a really good race. A lot of passing, a lot of, you know, no big wrecks up until, well, yeah, and when, she, you know, typically that's when the big one usually happens, but, you know, 500 miles, there was a rain delay for a little bit after first 20 or so laps, it wasn't very long before the, before the rain broke out. But uh, they got the race in on time uh, because, it, you know, fans fans actually been wanting this, and I don't know why. I don't know if, how much it would cost to do it, but Talladega should really have lights, especially in the case of the rain delay. I also, I think it'd be really cool to have a night race at Talladega, just like you have a night race at Daytona. Um, because uh, as some people don't like, don't don't realize, I mean. You know, temperature, both the race, like the racetrack itself, and like heat outside, will affect the car on how it handles, especially in in terms of like the tire compound and just the way the tire will grip onto the, onto the race surface. But no, Talladega was a really good race. I I still am very glad that Road Racer. James Davison did not make his cup debut at Talladega, was not approved to, to do that. Um, but, yeah, so Ryan Blaney it was your winner for that race, Talladega, and he's won two now photo finish Talladega races. That absolutely well not really I should say insane but like both crazy good races crazy good finishes action-packed and what the fans want the fans want racing like that it's not like you know fans aren't looking for you know like wrecks every lap or like wrecks that happen it's just like you know he had that car sideways at 195 mile an hour coming on turn four going through the travel like he was in a push I think it was from Nemechek uh, was about 20 to go, I want to say. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember the exact lap, but yeah, he's going to push, and he still had that foot right in the throttle, and he was still just going sideways. And I don't know how he, he didn't wreck. And people were, like, even talking to other fans, were just astonished how well he was able to handle, handle that car. Uh, it came down to a lot of... Uh, it came down to basically Blaney, Stenhouse. Uh, Jones was a factor at the end of it. Uh, Al Marola was there at the end. Uh, he actually, he finished the race backwards, uh, going across the finish line third backwards after getting turned around. Um, probably the most dominant car of the day was probably actually, in my opinion, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He wasn't, he didn't, wasn't leading a lot, but he was always at the front always pushing and he's 
I know drivers have tend to make, tend to make their state mistakes when it comes to uh, certain tracks, especially probably restricted plate racing. Although I, we got to stop. Okay, first of all, I just want to say I got to start stop using the word the term restricted plate racing when they are using tapered spacers, not plate, not not restricted plates. It's gonna take a little while to get used to that, and it's been it's only been a year now that they've been doing this. But anyways, uh, the fact that he's like he's just a, he's a really good pusher. He's an aggressive driver overall, in my opinion, and in the minds of many other fans. He's aggressive, but he I believe he's getting smarter, especially coming at these super speedways. Like a Daytona and Talladega, yeah, he's he's got a couple wins there. One one Talladega, one one Daytona back in. 2017. He's been in the sport for for a little while now, about eight years. It was just a matter of time of just um, learning when to be aggressive, how to be aggressive. You know, like people are just different that way, and like you know, understanding when and how. Uh, but but he was probably, in my opinion, the the most dominant car of, the, of that day. Getting either from either pushing people to the front. Being up there, if it didn't lead a whole lot, but he was uh, in the, like one of the main forces to be a threat to win that day. I believe he finished, he finished second in that race. Yes, I couldn't quite tell it because that finish was crazy. And boy, yeah, that still can't leave that in my mind. Just going through. Screen cabinet and just—that was probably that's probably one of, if not the better finishes at Talladega in the last, basically recent memory, recent years. Um, but no, there's not saying there's a lot of talk. There's not not that there's not a lot of talk about this week, but a lot of focus is still on the Black Lives Matter movement, especially. In recent events at at Talladega, uh, you know, there's been just there's per, been parading of Confederate flags outside the track, as NASCAR has uh, prohibited the, the prohibited the flag being displayed inside all their venues and racetracks. So there's actually there was one guy who flew above the track with a confederate flag and the phrase defund NASCAR. Uh, Vice President Steve O'Donnell has come out and said and like called that guy a jackass um, for doing that, which I mean, I'm not going to condone the language to do of Steve O'Donnell for for calling him that, but he's right. Like, why are people taking this whole thing too like so seriously in terms of? Yes, you can't have the flag at the track, and with every connotation, like negative connotation that flag is associated with in terms of slavery and racism, it's. 
why are people like these are the same people that are gonna say, Oh, I'm not racist and it's like, well, I mean, if you're not racist, why are you why aren't you okay with not having that flag at the track? Like just leave it at home or the you know you you don't get either throw it away, leave it at home, uh or you know keep it somewhere else. Um just like as long as, as other as other people are gonna be are be feeling more welcome to come to these races, I think it's a lot better. I mean, a lot, even a lot safer too. Cause like, you know, people of color aren't gonna feel threatened when when showing up to a place. You know, you know if there's as long as there's Confederate flags and Confederate symbols along there, there's gonna be a huge connotation regarding racism whether you whether you don't think you're being racist or whether you're completely fine with having them yeah maybe you are but like they're not and like they they don't want to stand for it anyways anyways i mean like the main story of this past week in terms of talladega was that uh, Bubba Wallace's garage, they had discovered there was a noose uh, hanging there. It There's been videos and pictures surfing around like other garage dolls showing that there was a similar kind of hanging, which was a, just a door pull. Now, NASCAR had released an actual picture of the noose that was discovered in Bubba Wallace's, Bubba Wallace's, Bubba Wallace's uh, garage doll, Uh which was in fact shaped like a noose, whether it was purposely just for a garage pull or not. Why would you shape it in a noose knot? And it was just the they had launched an event an internal investigation, got local authorities involved, but that also led to uh, just getting the FBI involved in it. Now, I mean, people are saying, you know, why are so many people, like, investigation into this? You know, it's just a door pull, and, like, you know, you know, wasn't a, wasn't above his car, or wasn't, was, it's too, too long for him to, for to hang. Like, that's not the point. With the rise of, there's been a rise in lynchings and hangings of African-American people in the United States. Like, they just, they had five, they discovered five in one week. I think it was in California, like, just, just last week. Like how was how was how is that not, not insane? And like, you know, it turned out this new investigation turned out like it wasn't directed to Bubba. It was just, it was, wasn't a hate crime. Um, it was actually it's actually been there since October last last year. And people are still hating on Bubba because you know because of having this discovered. Like, well, are are you not do you do you want it to be a hate crime? Like, do you, are you not okay with it? not being a hate crime like i don't i don't get why people are so upset with it with the investigation be concluding to where it wasn't hate wasn't a hate crime like just be glad well he wasn't actually threatened because he's like ever since ever since really martinsville that he's spoken up about, about with the black lives matter movement and like having his voice heard and having the black lives matter cards like he's been he's been I'm not sure about personally threatened in terms of, you know, having 
uh, letters or actual death threats or nothing like that. But social media has been attacking him in comment sections on like every uh, NASCAR page, whether it's like NASCAR and NBC, NASCAR and Fox. I've just been seeing anything. It's like, how, why are people, I don't get their mentality. And one of the like, one thing that always gets me is people saying, oh, well, NASCAR grew up like, you know, NASCAR was raised on Southern Heritage, you know, on on like rebels and, and Confederate flags. Yeah, rebels who literally told the police to screw off to run moonshine. Like that, like, I don't know. Like that's, yeah, it's rebellion, but like they're, that's disobeying authority. Like, I don't know. I don't think that, I don't see, See how they they're making a connection. Yeah, sure, they probably still waved a Confederate flag about it, but people are learning. People are, are understanding that this, like like NASCAR is changing their culture around culture around to be more inclusive, to be more respectful of those people of color. You know, not not I should say not only people of color, but also people of the LGBT community and. I don't get it. I I can rant and rant and rant, and I just I don't get why people don't understand and don't respect human rights and like human decency. You know, not not everything not everything's about you. Not everything's about about me. It's a you know, it's about accommodating and being open to everyone. It. Why can't we all just get along, right? I don't get it. Uh, so yeah, the noose was apparently there since October of last year. It's from the last Talladega race. Uh, I guess from what I understood, it was there from the Wood Brothers team, the 21 car. But one thing I don't understand is why, when this thing was was discovered and it was kind of brought, it was brought to to NASCAR, why didn't the Wood Brothers, like the 21 team, say something about it, saying like, oh, that was there from from us last year. You know, okay, that could have avoided a whole investigation and like a total misunderstanding. It's just, and the thing even, it was tied like a noose and like, and there's there's pictures, there's pictures online like showing that it was an actual noose, like not, not like every other garage shell where it was like, you know, maybe a single knot with a hole. You can pull the garage door down. Where is... Like, if you're going to have those kind of door pulls, pulls like, you know, a rope around it or pull the door down, sure, you know, make a hole at the handle. And I have a standardized uh, regulation for, for, you know, how ropes should be done. Or... Just get a rubber, like a rubber handle. It it solves all those issues right there. Anyways, that's really my rant, my rant and take on everything that's been happening this past week. It's there's there's so much to talk about and, and explain. Like, and the more I think about it, the more it's just I. I can't even talk about it because I just I don't know why people don't 
get these kind of things and people don't want to understand. People don't want to learn. People don't people don't want to respect others. Uh, but you know what? It's it's gonna be okay. NASCAR's gonna thrive. NASCAR's gonna be gonna be fine. Um So this begins Pocono. Yeah, like we're just, we're just gonna we're just gonna move on from this whole from from this whole week. We're just gonna move on to this weekend here, the Pocono, uh, the first actual double header on the NASCAR schedule when it comes to the Cup Series. Now I will say I am recording a bit late this week. Uh, so in saying that, they've already postponed the, the truck race until tomorrow morning at. 9:30 Eastern, uh, due to due to rain uh, raining at the track, so it's on a rain delay. The uh, Xfinity Series is supposed to happen, I believe, at 1:30 Eastern. Sounds about right. And the uh, Cup Series is at 3:30 Eastern. That's the schedule time, anyways. And then tomorrow is the next race, and they are literally, you know, your finishing position, and they're going to invert the field. Do the same thing. I guess pretty well the same thing that they've been doing uh, in, like, the last few weeks during the whole COVID-19 era of, of NASCAR. I guess you can call it the era. With all these other different rules. with no practice, no qualifying, and nothing. And Pocono is a very interesting track. Uh, lately, Kyle Busch has been very dominant. You know, one of, in the last three out of five races. Uh, currently, Denny Hamlin is Denny Hamlin is uh, currently the most like the active leading race winner at, at Pocono. He's got four, I believe. Yes, four race wins there right now. He's he has a chance, technically, if he sweeps this weekend, he can actually tie and break Jeff Gordon's record of five wins there. Uh, so, and he's got a very good track record at Mokono. I mentioned to see what has come of it. Three-turn tri-oval track, two and a half miles. Each turn is very different. Uh, so, getting a setup right on, the, on this track is very, very hard. You... It's almost it's almost near impossible because you either going to be really good in turn one or you're going to be really good in th- turn three. Turn two is kind of a turn two. No one like I shouldn't say no one cares about, but like no one's that's not their main goal. Their main goal is either be really good getting in turn turn one and getting that car slowed up real good from going 210 miles 210 210 miles per hour going down to that front stretch. Uh, to getting your slowed up to about 170, getting through the turn, yeah, about 150 actually, uh, getting through the corner, making a roll, roll good in the center. Uh, turn three is the probably the trickiest. It's uh, I believe that one's designed after. Oh God, I forget now. But yeah, it's it take the track takes after three different tracks. I know one turn is is uh, taken after Indy. I believe that's turn two actually. 
But uh, turn three, she's wide, she's flat. Uh, so getting her slowed up and trying to get the handle right on that corner is probably the trickiest part of that of that racetrack. Um, I know personally I've never actually driven out, but even video games are, are a fairly good uh, way to simulate it. And it's just, it's it's hard. Yeah, you're, there's no way to actually get that thing going. And you're trying to, you're, you're pretty tight in around the corner. But I mean, don't take my word for it after playing video games, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, but talk like, what like watching several races, and you got to be able to take, the, take care of the brakes. Uh, we've seen many brake failures at this track. Infamously, Jeff Gordon even uh, back in 06, lost it going in turn one, and thank thank God he was okay. And that car was destroyed. Uh, he had a non he had a non uh, safe barrier spot, but uh, over over the last decade, that track has gotten a lot more safety features with safety barriers right around the track. They've paved the the grass on the the uh, backstretch, uh, going from turn one to turn two. Uh, at, especially after the wreck back in twenty ten. That sent uh, Casey Kane almost over the wall. So they actually they they increased the the wall and, and catch fence on there too. But it um, that incident also sent Elliot Sadler's nineteen car that year into the inside barrier and left his engine out of the car. Uh, so now there's been a lot of hard wrecks at that track. That's you wouldn't almost wouldn't expect it either. You know, as fast as that track is, you get so spread out in a short amount of time. But in the short amount of time you have, it's like if, if someone makes a mistake, you mean, let everyone get, like, almost got a multi-car multi -car crash every single time someone makes, makes a mistake. Just because the, the straightaways aren't, the straightaways are pretty wide now considering they do have the the uh, grass all, all paved up, paved up, so you can go down there. Uh, especially make it safer for when people spin out. But you know, after the last 15, 20 years, we've seen some really crazy uh, wrecks that have led to these advancements and and safety. And we've also seen some really good finishers there too. Uh, notable ones being uh, Dale Jr. beating Brackelsey, who that year back in 2014 actually both races that Dale swept that year Dale didn't have that have that good of a car sure they didn't have that good of a car but he wasn't the best car in my opinion as much as I am a Dale Jr. fan Brad Keselowski should have won that race but uh, getting behind Danica Patrick uh, to get some debris off off his grill you know you make one there wasn't really a mistake at that point and on that incident either Usually, you know, you make one mistake and they don't take advantage of it. But it's more like, you know, if he gets that piece of debris on his grill, he would have overheated and that would have been uh, done his day right there. So you had to do something to get rid of to try to get rid of it. And getting behind Danica with so a slower card at that time, Dale was able to get by him and help hold on to that lead and that fresh air. And then that second race, you know, 
Kevin Harvick had, had the better car, and Kevin Harvick kept trying to kept being a draft, and he had hard on to him. I don't know how Dale Dale did it, but he held held on. Though I think personally, my favorite finish at Pocono, especially recently, would be back in 2017. You know, young Ryan Blaney, uh, rookie year, got his first ever career win. Holding, not holding off the charging Kevin Harvick to get that win. And it's entertaining to watch just, you know, someone in a draft, guy in the lead, going to make it wide, trying to get away from going away from him. Just because you don't want, as much as usually you, you don't mind someone behind you, in your air, because usually it's half time, they're pushing you, right? But in these cases, they're trying to use that air to get around you, and like you were trying to get away from that, so that way you don't take a can't take the air off you. Pocono was a very interesting racetrack. Um, it actually has one of the coolest trophies too, in my opinion. It's got it stands pretty tall. It's got a got a got a big eagle on it. I think it's really interesting, really cool. It's got a really nice like victory lane as well. Like you guys big like big columns. Yeah, people just like very colonial and it looks really classy, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up today in terms of the news. Yeah, it's crazy to rant about the stuff. Uh, well, like I said, this week's this weekend's doubleheader. Uh, it's on Fox, 3.30 Eastern uh, today, and I believe it's 3.30 Eastern tomorrow as well on Fox. Uh, have a good day, people, and we'll see you next week.